0: and welcome back to another episode of the 20 nothing podcast. I'm your host Kiera Blanchette and on today's episode we have as a guest none other than the Kelty Knight. She is a host on Entertainment Tonight and she is also the co-host of the Lady Gang podcast which is incredibly, extremely, wonderfully popular. And the Lady Gang book Act Like a Lady comes out on June 2nd and is currently available for pre-order. So on today's episode, Kelty and I, we talked about the book. We talked about the process of writing it. We talked about being in quarantine and how they've made a crazy pivot from, you know, filming a TV show, which is like an incredibly involved process with a set and a crew and everything. So now filming the entire show like out of her living room and how that's changed and how that's affected her, how her mental health is doing, how it's been like being at home with her husband, all sorts of things that we talked about. And yeah, I'm like really excited about this episode. This was actually one of my favorite episodes to record, and that was a really fun experience for me. Kelty is so easy to talk to, and it really kind of opened me up to the world of like having really good interviews where you're actually able to really learn from the person or have a good conversation with them in a way that doesn't just feel like business and so that's why I really enjoyed recording this episode she I think it probably has something to do with the fact that she is a podcaster herself and so she knows that it's hard when you have you book a guest and they come on the podcast and then it's kind of hard to like have an easy and flowing dialogue with them so i feel like the fact that she's a seasoned interviewer and has interviewed people for years and years and years it also makes her a good interviewee in the sense that she just knows how to talk to people she knows how to keep a conversation going because she i think sympathizes with me as an interviewer and knows what i need And so yeah, this is like probably one of the most seamless interviews and I've done over 400 interviews in the past couple of years This was one of the most seamless interviews I've ever done. And so that makes me so excited to put this episode out I have unprecedented energy for a podcast intro and Yeah, it's like giving me really good vibes. So I'm gonna stop talking. I'm gonna get right into the interview Enjoy there's so much good stuff in this interview. Thank you for coming on the podcast
1: of course, I'm so happy to be asked to do anything
0: <laughs> It's an exciting, exciting time for you. Act like a lady coming out
1: yeah the listen, this is like the um this is the dream, and it's kind of a weird, interesting time because you know. I, I've had so many different careers and we've worked so hard with Lady Gang and we really wanted to be our own bosses. And we're like, okay, you know, we have like the dream of like, okay, no one can fire us. Like, this is our own thing and you want to start it. And when you start it, it's like so wonderful because you're like, just me and my friends, we just made a thing. And then when you get into it, which you probably know very well, is like, then it just becomes a job like any other job you've ever had in your life. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have We've worked. We worked so hard to build a company, Um, but also do it with a little bit of integrity and actually be helping women. Um, And we've been very conscious of every step that we've made as we go about, you know, being inclusive. What if a guy wants to join our Facebook group? Like all of these different things that have come up and we've always really taken them very seriously. And so to have this book come out is such a major, like it's one of those times where all the work that you've done behind the scenes, you can show the world. You're like, okay, I have this book of stories, but also what this means is like three years of me staying, up till three in the morning to make sure the website works. Like it's like this thing that you can finally hold in your hands. And um and we're really proud.
0: Yeah. I mean it must be so exciting. I mean fellow Canadian here. So
1: bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry. Yeah, I mean dealing with that right now is like a lot because Montreal is like crazy amount of cases.
1: Yeah. <sighs> it's it's, it's a wild thing, you know, I think and you know what's so interesting about being in Quebec is that it's, like, the only province in Canada that we can't send our audiobook to. Mm, they have, like, different true. rules. You know how, like, Quebec gets like that yeah. sometimes? There's, like, yeah. different rules? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the one place we're not allowed to, like, email our right. audiobook out to, like, people and stuff. So anyway. I didn't know
0: that, like, apply. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I know there are like, packaging restrictions
1: and things yeah. like that. I didn't realize, like, they're regulating audiobooks. Yeah, it's so strange, right? But yeah. Why can't we have nice things? We can't have nice things. All we have is crepes. And poutine. Yum.
0: Delicious.
1: But yeah, so when I interviewed
0: you last year, you said that a Lady Gang book was in the works.
1: Yeah. And
0: you were like, we haven't even signed the contract yet. I probably shouldn't be talking about this.
1: Now I get you know.
0: (laughs) But you spilled the tea anyways. Spilt the tea and now it's a real thing and it's out in the world and like how has that whole process been for the past like year
1: yeah it takes a long time and so we were always joking saying like oh we should write a book we should write a book and then one day like an agent which is like the dream. This never happens. So for TV hosting, I have like a certain agent and then an agent friend was like, why don't the girls write a book? And I was like, hold it. Like people never approach us. We always have to like ca- crawl like tooth and nail into whatever room we want to be in. But someone approaches us and they're like, I think I could sell a book. Like if you wanted to do a book and I really wanted to do it. Jack really wanted to do it. Becca was like, hell no. That seems like a lot of work. And- More than that, you know, there's this finality to it. It's like with a podcast, you say something maybe off-putting or you tell an embarrassing story, and then it, like, just goes away into, like, the void of 350 episodes of Lady Gang. You know what I mean? It's like, why didn't I say that? I don't know. No one can find it. A book is, like, this actual thing where when you sound stupid, like people are gonna, you're gonna sound stupid forever. Like people are gonna be able to get this book forever. So we started the process of, you know, what would a book from us look like? How do you write a book with three people? Do we wanna have a ghost writer? And we were so adamant about not having a ghost writer. And so we were like, no, we're writing the whole book ourselves, which we did, which is amazing. But at the same time, most people in Hollywood or like ever that aren't just like real authors, they always have a ghostwriter. Like celebrities always have someone to help them. And we were like, no, let's just do it ourselves. Let's make it the hardest possible like journey we can. So we started thinking about like the, overall you know themes of our of our show and we're like you know what if we did it sort of like as relationships but we didn't want to just do relationships we were like our relationship with yourself you know your self whole worth and love um your relationship with your lover your relationship with your friends because we get so many female friendships are really can at times be more difficult than Like a lover, you know, and so um, we want to talk about that. that, and then our relationship with our careers, because that's we are these multifaceted women, where it's like if one box is checked off, say your love box is checked off, well your career box is still sitting there, opening, haunting you every day. So we wanted to sort of talk about those things and we realized that some of our favorite books, like I think about some early Chelsea Handler books and our friend Gary Giannetti just put out a book of essays, like these short kind of bursty essays that are funny or poignant or heartfelt are the perfect way for us to just write. And so we started writing these essays and Becca would be like, oh, I can um, I can write an essay about you know, when my nudes leaked on the internet and I had to tell my dad, that'll be really great. And we're like, oh my God, so we hear the whole story. Jack's like, well, I could do a story about, you know, when I was dating this guy who told me he was a superhero, but he's actually like a costume character at a theme part, like, you know, like he was in a superhero movie. And like, so we thought of like these ridiculous stories that maybe are too long to tell on the podcast. And then we also did some, some really heartfelt stuff. Like I was married when I was 21 and I've really never talked about it. And I've lived my whole life in shame of it being like, I'm this person who got it wrong and I failed. And I decided this book was the perfect place to tell the story of how this happened, who this person was, why I did this. how I ended it like Jack had you know lost uh, a really good friend and hadn't spoken to him in a year before he passed away and so like her regret and her shame and so there's a lot of us opening up in a way that maybe the funny like girl time podcast doesn't allow us to so I think it's really good sorry Mm -hmm. that was a tangent of book but no how you really know what it's about
0: Yeah, and now I'm really excited to read it.
1: Did we not send you one? What the hell? She was like, oh,
0: it's so hard to ship to Canada. and like, why? Why can't I have nice things?
1: I know. And also they don't care about Canada because like the international, we don't even like, this is very surprising. I don't know the logistics of it, but we don't have like a, book deals when you get a book deal it's like per country yeah so we don't have like essentially a canadian book deal but like i'm canadian and so all my people are like i want to buy the book where can i get the book i'm like i don't fucking know like i have no idea <laughs> like i i cannot help you with this and so they're like always like why are all these people from canada wanting a book i'm like oh sorry that's me canadian pride you know me and celine yeah. dion what are you gonna do <laughs> and michael bubler i mean that's all you have and drake and Justin Bieber. I mean, listen. Justin I know Bieber, I'm part of the list. Let's not bring it up right now. <laughs> and Kelty Knight. You know, just like number eighty-five on the list, and I'm <laughs> cool. I'm cool. How did you decide, like, what you did and
0: didn't want to share in, in Act Like a Lady?
1: So it, it is a tough thing. That's a great question. It's interesting because on the podcast and with the Lady Gang brand in general, I mean, we share everything. Like there is not a bodily function, a sexual endeavor, a bad breakup, a work issue that happens where we don't talk about it. And I think that's why, you know, we have so many listeners and we have so many women and men in the gang that have like, you know, love to listen to us and feel like, especially during this time with COVID, we're getting so many messages where everyone's like, I haven't seen another person in so long. Thank you for being with me on my walk. Like, it's just nice to hear about someone else's life. And I I love that actually. And so when it came to the topics of the book, you know, I think nothing was off limits and we really decided, you know, each of us, I never said to Becca, yes, you can write about this, no, you can't. Like we basically wrote our own essays and we turned them in and there was no approval process on what stories we were gonna tell personally. When it came to the overall, you know, lady gang, voice where we give out like a dole out some advice we all sat in a room like a podcast we set up our mics We recorded it and I was just like, what do we want to tell people about weddings? What do we want to tell people about money? What do we want to tell people about, you know, and we recorded ourselves and then transcribed it and essentially that's how like the lady Gang voice came to be and I think what's really funny in the book is that we give a lot of advice We're like, okay You have to do this and then we always follow it up with but if you don't it's okay (laughs) like it's very much like my husband is actually making my life right now and reading the galley very slowly, but I'll be, he'll be reading it at night and he'll like be giggling and I'll be like, what, what? And he's like, oh my God, this advice. <laughs> Cause it's like just so stupid because the truth is, is that You can read every advice book in the world, and you can follow whatever, and then something like COVID is going to happen, and it's going to mess up your whole plan for 2020. Like, there is no advice. The the life is this journey, and you're never going to feel like you have it all together at the same time. You might have a section of your life together. Work might be great, but your relationship's falling apart. You know, you might be so healthy and meal prepping and getting your workouts in and feeling so good. And you haven't talked to your friends in months. I yeah. mean, it's just the way it goes. It, like, it's like not balanced. So I think that was the fun part about the advice and the writing is that it's a little tongue in cheek where it's like, we mean it, you know, like never text him first. Like we really, 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 really mean that. But we'll absolutely hold your hand when you text him at three in the morning.
0: Yeah, like a best friend.
1: Like a best friend.
0: Yeah. Like don't
1: do that, but we know you're stupid and you're going to do it anyway. But if you do it, we'll
0: still we'll still support you. We'll still be here.
1: We'll help you through that next step. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: What does
0: your job look like now that you're in quarantine?
1: It's been a struggle. So, I have like five jobs, but um, my job job on entertainment tonight, we're filming from home, which is why I'm all made up on this wonderful conversation. So, After this, I'm going to go down to my kitchen. I'm going to set up my gear. I set up some of it last night because I always, like, technology is not my strong suit. And so I always have, like, a cry when I have to, like, get the mic to work with the thing and the blah, blah, blah. So I set that off, and then we film it on my iPhone, and then I have to upload it to this site. And so that's how I do the show. And then when I do celebrity interviews, I do them exactly how we're doing this over Zoom or or whatever. And then for Lady Gang, it's actually been more challenging to run Lady Gang during COVID than it has been to film a national or international television show because we're so used to being together. Like Uh the girls and I, we just sit down in our office and we'll do a podcast and then we'll sit there for an hour and we'll just hash out like, what are we going to do about this issue? What are we going to do about this photo shoot? What are we going to do about this? Who do we want to do this? You know? And now we're, we're so separated and we're on completely different schedules and it's, it's relearning that communication, right. Of how do you have three women? Plus, you know, we have um, our staff member, Alex, who I know you talk to. And like, how do you, how do you have the sense of togetherness and that special sense of like, we're all in this together and we're this little trio apart. Like we've never podcasted apart. Like, what does that look like? Can we be the same? Like so it's it's been quite challenging. But I go I go through stages. I don't know about you. I I have weeks where I'm like I've got this. What a nice beautiful break in my life. Like the universe has sent this to us to pause and reset our lives and oh my god, I'm never going to feel the same way about Gucci shoes again. I haven't worn shoes in 2 months. Like maybe shoes don't matter. Maybe all this time I've been saving up for Gucci shoes and like really I should have been just saving into my retirement. Like you know, all of these different things have come across my mind and then and then there's weeks where I'm so depressed for no reason and I'm just like staring at a wall and I can't motivate myself. I know there's shit I have to do and I, I can't do any of it. I'm just staring at the wall and I'm so depressed and I feel like we're never going to be okay and then, and then I'm feeling sad about all the things in my life like our book tour or whatever that was canceled and then in the next instance, I'm feeling guilty because people are dying and like, oh my God, poor you and your book tour, you asshole. Like there's like a global pandemic. And then I start thinking about when I was in Rwanda and people didn't have running water. And then I'm like, wow, I really am that much of a dick. And then it's like, you know, you just like go down this K hole of just what I, you know, it's just dark and then yeah. you have to pull yourself out of that. And, and I think it's like a really, it's a really weird thing. And I, I am trying and I just keep saying over and over again, I am trying to be gentle with myself and I'm trying to be gentle with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like I'm such an anal person that I'm like, what do you mean you're late? What do you mean you're not gonna do this today? What do you mean you're supposed to hand in that on Friday and you didn't get it to me till Monday? Like I'm usually so aggressive about that stuff because I hold people to like such a high standard and I'm just like, okay, Kelsey, relax. Like you do not know how someone's feeling. Like, Mm -hmm. you look so beautiful right now in your cute shirt and your beautiful shiny skin and, like, you're looking so gorgeous. I don't know if you slept last night. You know what I mean? Like, this is traumatic. (laughs) Yeah, this is, like, traumatic for all of us in our own way. And I think we have to really – we have to really try to be understanding. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. In my notes, I, like, got a little giggle out of this because I just, like, wrote it. And then after, I was like, oh, that's, like, a pun. Um, I wrote, uh, what is a Kelty night, day?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, night day. So – Okay. So truthfully, at the beginning of quarantine, I have gotten up early, you know, for my career on television, anywhere from like 3.30 in the morning till 6 o'clock in the morning to 7 o'clock in the morning for the last 10 years. Like, You know, pretty much like I've just been an early morning person, which is not my natural state. I'm a sleep till noon dancer. Like I grew up, you know, my 10 years in dance. I was like, we get up at noon one, we stay up till (laughs) four or five in the morning. Like that is my natural state. I'm most creative and can do the most at night. So all these years I've gone up. So at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, well, wait, if we're not shooting ET until like 3 PM, that means I can start sleeping in. So I started sleeping into like 11 or noon. And then I was just depressed. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I've recently switched my day where I'm like setting things like this early in the morning. I'm getting up, I'm doing Spanish in the mornings. I'm taking Spanish lessons right now. I get up, I'm doing stuff for the book. I'm writing, you know, the girls. We're figuring out all the stuff we're doing. And then I'll do ET. I'll do my interviews. I'll do whatever. And then at some point in the day, I try to take a walk around the neighborhood. I've been running. I've never run in my life. All of a sudden COVID happens. I was like, I need to go stomp some pavement to some like do a Lipa. And I need to like run around the neighborhood and get super sweaty and like act like I'm in fourth grade track. Like I don't know who I am. I've never run on a treadmill. Like I do not like to run. All of a sudden I'm running. So I'll like go for a run with my dog and I'll just, like sweat it out and be mad and then and then I've been like reading a ton and then at night my husband and I for the first time in like our relationship because we're always never on the same time zones we're like binging so like at seven o'clock every night I cook dinner and I I'm like okay let's go upstairs and then we've been like watching a show together who are we are we married like this is so new this is like not what we did before um so that's my quarantine life my normal life is I just like sit in my office for 16 hours a day and work Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, I mean, you've seen there are two camps of people. There are the people who are like, I want to be super productive and like bake focaccia and Mm. you know what I mean? And then the people who are like, I'm going to chill out and watch Netflix. Like, where do you fall in that?
1: That's a great question. I am a different person every day. There are certain days that I get up and I like today is like back to back to back to back. I have so much stuff to do and I will do it all. And like, I will accomplish so much. And then there's other days. Like I said, it's like, I'm learning to almost harness, like when I wake up and I feel hopeful and I feel okay to like go full Kelty on that day. And then on a day when I wake up and I'm like, I'm not going to, like, this is not good. I'm not in a good place to just be gentle with myself enough to be like, today I will lay on the couch. Then I will look outside the wall. Then I will water the plants. Then I will lay down and have a nap, like, for four hours in the afternoon. Like, I'm both of those people on different days. What are you? Yeah, same.
0: No, same. Like, some days I'm, like, super, I started this ab workout that I've been doing. And, like, some days I'm super productive. And then other days I'm, like.
1: Yeah, just can't. And I think that's okay. And I think, like, the girls are making fun of me because, of course, during the pandemic, everyone's like, of course you would, like, learn a language during the pandemic, you asshole. But for me, you know, I need something like that because if I don't have that, like, then I get even sadder. So for me, having some sort of passion project, and I've never had a hobby in my life. Like, I don't have hobbies. All I do is work. I'm an asshole. So I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity for me to have something yes it does help my career because I would like to be able to like interview Sofia Vergara and ask her how she is in Spanish I think that'd be really nice but for mostly it's just for me I've never been a person that's done that in my life like even when I work out I work out so that I can like fit in the clothes and look good on tv what I really want is to eat Cinnabons every day like you know what I mean so it's like everything is self-serving and career serving for me (laughs) honestly same I'm like I'm the same way I'm like oh I'll online shop but like why am I never buying clothes that I'll wear to like a Saturday brunch. Like I only buy clothes that I'm like I'm gonna wear on the show. Like, what is wrong with me? It's so funny.
0: <laughs> no, but I feel like if you get pleasure from that, then that's that's all that matters, right?
1: You know what? Bravo. Yeah. You're right.
0: I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the whole quarantine, like, are you the bread maker or the bread eater? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like what what makes you happy, right? If it makes you happy to learn a language and to be super productive. And that's, that's like, that's for you.
1: That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not always like that. There are some days where my husband's like, are you going to be okay today? I'm like, "Mm, probably not. Just have like a lay down. I love a nap. I mean, haven't taken one of those in about 10 years and it's amazing. Napping is so great.
0: I have such bad insomnia that I can't, I can't nap. If I were, if I were to nap, I would actually never sleep.
1: Oh my God. Have you taken Mintran? no oh it's what helped my anxiety insomnia it's um this like herbalists gave it to me it's it's mintran that's what it's called and it stands for mineral tranquilizer and it's like all the minerals that like i mean it, it's what it says it's like a mineral tranquilizer like you take like four of them when you can't sleep and it knocks me the fuck out but it doesn't have any um like, lasting effects. Like, when you wake up in the morning, it's not, like, that ambient. Yeah, like,
0: groggy, and
1: yeah. Yeah, and, like, you can't get going for a whole day, and it's great. You should look it up. I don't know if they have oh. it in Quebec, but they probably Probably don't. not.
0: We don't have anything, but I'll look into that. I'm always looking for, like, some sort of a remedy yeah. of some sorts. 'cause I've tried everything and I just can't.
1: Yeah. Jack has real Jack um, from Lady Gang has really bad insomnia too. Like she used to sleep in my house when we were doing the TV show and at like four o'clock in the morning I would hear her being up and I was like, oh my God, you poor thing. Like it's just a horrible Yeah. Ugh.
0: I'm curious about your perspective on this as somebody who works in entertainment. How do you feel about this like instant pivot towards creating virtual content for television and all of that
1: sort of stuff. Yeah. It, I have to say, um, my executive producer, Aaron Johnson over at ET is probably the most forward thinking person I've ever met in my life. Like we were at work like three, probably three to four weeks before we all had the at home order. She was like, okay, we're going to pre-tape some shows in case we get, have to be at home. Like I would go around to the other shows and I'd be like, are you guys pre-taping in case we have to stay home? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, we're not going to stay home like that. They're never going to shut down the world. And I was like, okay. So she was someone that was really on it. And we actually had a couple weeks worth of shows from the ET set ready to go, which was really, really cool. And then of course, this got extended for like months and months and months. And we had to like pivot. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's, it's both exciting and sad. It's exciting because what a pivot. Like I watched that um, graduation special with LeBron James the other night. And I was like, wow, like what you can create on a green screen at this point is like pretty cool. You know, like how, how neat that everyone's come together and like really figured it out, you know, that we could do zoom interviews and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm sad too, because there's so many people behind the scenes of these shows and these productions The lighting guys, the cameramen, the sound guys, the booth, you know, these are people that I've worked with for a decade that have lost their jobs because of this, you know, and it's heartbreaking because, yeah, I can do my own makeup. I can do my own hair and I can look fine on TV. Like I definitely notice the difference, but like, I would rather be at work and have someone else put me together in a professional way because I'm of the belief that everyone is an expert in something and like everyone has a job to do. And that when one person like me is the camera and the sound and the uploader and the, you know, and the makeup and the hair and the wardrobe, like it just, it's not, it's just not as special. You know, I think sometimes Hollywood is, um it's an escape for people. I don't necessarily think that, People who are watching want to escape to my living room to watch me Zoom with someone, but they are, you know? Like, people are, and that's what's crazy is that people are watching TV more even now than ever, so maybe it is okay, I don't know. I'm sad. I, I was joking with my friends yesterday. You know, I, I wait a lot for celebrities on red carpets, you know, It's like, okay, well, whoever's coming and she's five hours late and you just sit and wait for Katy Perry for five hours or whatever and you're so annoyed and you're like, God, this woman is wasting my time. Like, how annoying. Not Katy in general, but like everyone in general, you know. And I was like, I would die to just be sitting on red carpet waiting for a celebrity for six hours. Like, I just want to see a friend. And I miss the glamour of it. You know, what I really miss is the fashion because... I'm so sick of seeing a paparazzi photo of someone in a mask and a sweatpant. Like I want a yeah. red carpet dress. The Met Gala passed us by. We didn't get to enjoy it. Like, it's just, uh... yeah. I don't know. I think the world is forever changed though. I don't think we'll ever have a red carpet like um, where it's 200 outlets all squished together in a sardine can fighting for an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of Canada. I think of like the Toronto film festival when there's, you know, 75 crews and you're all like, on top of each other trying to get Lady Gaga. Like, I don't think that'll ever happen again. I think they're gonna, and maybe that's a good thing too. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there'll definitely be changes. And that, I think that's something that people are having a really hard time with is like accepting that it's not just going to go back to normal and that there's going to be this whole new world and that you have to kind of be like, just accept that. And that's that's yeah, not an it's... easy thing to accept because-
1: Yeah, I don't think way? we'll ever be able to go back I think that this the world is forever changed because of this. Like Twister is out as a party game. Oh. We're not doing Twister anymore. Not that we ever were, but you know. It's definitely, it's not going to make a comeback. It's out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be different forever. It's, it's c- certainly interesting in the book world. Like we had this whole book tour plan where we're like going to go across the country and like meet everyone and sign their books and hug people and take pictures and whatever. And then they're like, okay, you can't do that. Now we're like, let's do a virtual book tour. And I was like, absolutely not like that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life no one wants to sit on a computer and then all of a sudden all these people are doing virtual book tours and i was like this is our new normal where we are as fulfilled sitting talking to someone on a zoom call as we are like having this moment in real life and i I know that's kind of sad
0: yeah no for sure what like irl events and things are you dying to get back to
1: well, I already hated going out and hated people. So really the pandemic has been great for me because I've just been stuck at home. Like in that way, I'm not like a social person. Like I'm not like, I can't wait to go drink at the bar on the out Saturday. Like that's just never been me. I cannot wait to go to Target and just browse Like I can't wait to go to the Grove. Um, There's like this mall in LA called the Grove. It's like this outdoor mall. It's just so beautiful. And they have like this giant Nordstrom, which is like your Hudson's Bay or whatever. And I just like want to go in and like touch all the jewelry and like look at the cosmetics and like just peruse. I not even buy stuff. Like, I just want to be, that's like one thing I love is just to like go down a street and just like peruse around a Zara, peruse around an express, like just look at the clothes and check out the shoes. Like, you know, we're almost in these little like echo chambers right now of we only see what we bring into our lives. And so I'm kind of excited to get back out in the world. I miss shopping. I miss pedicures. I miss facials, like all of that asshole stuff that is like super vain like I'm a big believer in that like I love a massage I love a facial I love to have my eyebrows done by someone else like all of those things I'm like I can't wait my manic my nails I've been doing myself they're just so janky like I can't wait to get back on the world and have a professional take care of these talons
0: yeah no for sure I feel like browsing in general is not a thing right now
1: I want to browse just take anywhere. I want to browse a menu. I want to browse a store. I want to browse a bookstore. Like that was one thing. It's so funny when the tour got canceled, I was like, Oh, the tour's canceled. But I was the most upset that I wasn't going to be able to go into like a Barnes and Noble or bookstore in LA and like see the book sitting on the table the day it comes out and then like take all the copies and smear them across the like new releases. Oh, t- right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Cause it's just That's so right. exciting. Like I want to, I want to, I want to do that. So, I mean, we'll still be able to, it's a, it's a long journey. And I mean, at this point I might have to fly to Georgia so that I can go to a target and like see the book, but whatever. California's <laughs> closed. Like I'm not doing it in California, but maybe I need to get on a plane and like people are getting haircuts in Georgia, I heard and nails. So. Oh
0: my God. That's a that's a real trip.
1: For me, yeah.
0: Yeah. How has it been like being at home with your husband? Like, how's the quarantine married life?
1: Married life and quarantine has been wonderful. I know that everyone's like, oh my God, shut up, Kelty. But I have loved spending this time with my husband. You know, we are both workaholics. And so we were like ships passing the night. He was in New York. I was in LA. Like it was, you know, everywhere. And it's been so wonderful to have this time together with him. And the great thing about my husband is that he is very sensitive to my moods. (laughs) And so he, he can read me like I can wake up in the morning and in the first five minutes he's like, Oh, I know what Kelty I'm getting today. He's always the same. He's like very calm and like he's the same every day. But when I'm in one of my like stare at the wall moods, he just like loves on me. And then when I'm in like a go-getter mood, he's like, all right, let's get him, you know? So he's been very sweet. He's been allowing me to film him more on Instagram, which is like a delight because he's very private and he doesn't want to be a part of anything, but he's been sort of worn down during quarantine, which is pretty cool. So it's actually been nice. That's probably my favorite thing of quarantine. And and a gift. I'm trying to not take two for granted because I know yeah. that once the world opens, I will never see him again.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like so many people, that's like the whole thing. Everyone's like, oh my God, I'm like stuck with my partner and like we're fighting and everything. So it's like, I love hearing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's actually been good. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. we're like a one in a million. Yeah. It depends where you're at. Like there's no getting out of this. We've been together 10 years. Like we're stuck with each other whether this quarantine goes good or bad like I can imagine when you're dating someone or the people that like just started dating and then decide to quarantine together you know yeah we pretty much got down we have this down pat at this point which is good and I'm happy that you guys get to like
0: spend more time together and
1: you're not like thanks all over the place thank you
0: I um I asked some questions in the lady gang Facebook group oh great and yeah, I put a feeler up for some questions and we got quite a few. So here are some from fellow lady gangers. Fun. Someone said, What was the most challenging and most rewarding thing about writing this book? And what did you learn
1: from it? The most challenging thing about writing the book was just the timeline because it was very short. I mean it's a year start to finish, but really we wrote the book in three months, which is an insane amount of work. And we were writing the book at the exact same time that we were filming our television show on E. And so during that time I just remember like we we're filming the television show on E on our lunch break for the show. Like everyone else went like had lunch. We went to my closet upstairs, podcasted, because it was the only time we had. And then at night we would open our computers and like be writing chapters. Like it was just an insane amount of work. So that was that was really, really challenging. I think the rewarding thing to be I mean, the book is not officially out yet, but how cool to create something and have this community of people that are so supportive. The amount of people that have shared the book or pre, like people don't really pre-order books. Like it's sort of like, why would you pre-order a book? Like just get it the day it comes out, you know? And our gang essentially has pre-ordered like crazy and it's The most rewarding thing is when you've like, okay, we've done something right. Like we have supported these people and helped them or given them something in their lives where they feel like when I say, hey, it's so important to pre-order the book so that Target or Barnes & Noble or whatever puts it on a shelf, like, and then they go and do it. Like that is the best feeling in the world to know that you have impacted people enough that they're going to show up for you. Because it's like very rare that people show up for each other in that way. So for me, that's like the most rewarding part. Yeah,
0: for sure. Getting people to pre-order a book is hard because it's like, pay for it now, but like you won't get it for like two months.
1: It's such a weird thing. And it's so important. I mean, you know, I mean, it is like make or break. Like, you know, the, every store in America is looking at these pre-orders being like, does this book matter? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it's, it's so difficult. So. And, uh, and what did you learn from it? I mean, that I'm a psycho. I, Here's what I will say. What I learned is that I'm such an open book that I would write any story about anything, like any time something in my life has been maybe traumatic for me or hard for me. Like I'm, I have no shame. Um, and I really let everything out during this book. And I was like, yeah, go take it, whatever. It's yours world. Like, I don't care. In Becca and Jack, I really learned that it is sometimes really difficult to open up. You know, it takes a lot of bravery and not everyone is like me where they're like, here's my stupidest, most embarrassing, most heartbreaking story. Have it world. Like there's an element of both Becca and Jack that are very private that keep their scars really close to their chest. And I would be like, hey, why don't you write about this thing that happened to you? And they're like, uh, that's like so dark. And I don't know if I want to share that with the world. And I was like, why would you not want to share it? And so- I think I really learned the amount of bravery it takes to tell your stories because when both Becca and Jack ended up writing, there's a couple different essays for both of them that were so honest and so just like brave, you know? I thought, wow, I I know from this process that that was difficult for you. And I, I've just never been someone that's, that that kind of thing has been really difficult for me. I sort of like... I don't know what it is about me. Like, do I thrive in like a car crash? Like, I don't know. I I just have always kind of shared that stuff. So I'm not making sense, but I'm very proud of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone else said, I think this is kind of related, how to manage your own
0: expectations when you're working with a team who don't hold the same vision as you.
1: Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a great, it's a great question. The good news is, is that we I think we have a very clear path for what we want the Lady Gang to represent overall. And then how we each get there is difficult. Like for me, the most difficult thing about Jack is never ideas or it's that she lives on her Jacktivity schedule. Like she will, I will ask her for something and she will say, I'll have it to you by the end of the week. And then Friday will roll around it's not there. And then I'll have to ask her on the weekend. And she's like, well, it's the weekend now. (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, can I have it Monday? Like I, I'm always bugging her to like turn in her, her things. I'm always worried that whatever she's responsible for is going to be late. And so that, that's, you know, really kind of hard. And that's like the only thing I ever like annoys me about Jack. Like I love her. I think she's so amazing. I just wish she could like be on my timeline, but she's not. And you just learn to like, accept that, you know? And so, you know, that that can be really, really difficult. And yeah, that that can be really hard. The thing that is great about Becca is I always feel like Becca is a little bit of a, um, she's like a checkpoint, I think. She has this really great sense of what is great and what can go and what is offensive and what is maybe too much or too little or where we could push the envelope. And she's someone that, you know, I always look to to sort of say, Hey, what do you think of this? Whether it be like an email or a book or whatever, she's this great contender of, Hey, we have this person on the podcast. Do we want to push it? Do we want to ask them about this? And then she'll be like, I don't think it's worth it. Or yeah, we should push it. You know? Um, So we all have our, differences and we all have the things that we're sort of good at. And then we all have our things that absolutely drive us fucking mad about each other. And I know what mine are for them, but I'm not going to bring them up because this is our podcast and I can just be positive about myself. I'm wonderful and I have no flaws. This is the Kelty Night Show. Yeah, this is the Kelty Show. Thank you. What surprised you
0: most about the process of writing the book?
1: It surprised me So when you're like this baby company and you're like, let's get a book deal. And then you get the book deal and our publishers are freaking rad. Like it's this set of women. They're so great. They couldn't be more supportive. Like they're just the coolest and they're so good at what they do. We have never outsourced to, you know, another team that has been so on brand with us. Like the TV show, like other things that we've done, like we've always been fighting for like, this is who we are, this is what we wanna do. This was so seamless. It's been one, it's been such a good experience. But what we realized is that no one is ever gonna do it for you. No one's ever gonna do the work for you. I mean, we wrote the book and then we worked, Jack worked tirelessly with the graphic designer. I mean, every font, color, picture, period. I mean, she was in there, in the mud doing it. And then when it came to promoting the book, the team came to us and they're like, okay, we're gonna do this. And then we're like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Like, I I have learned and, and feel that, you know, your success is so dependent on yourself, you know? It's like, even when you get a big fancy book deal at Penguin Random House, like no one is gonna hand you the success of that on a platter, you know? We've still had to be at the ground level, the three of us coming up with the ideas, working through the night, like making sure it's perfect because no one will ever care about your thing the way that you care about your thing. Does mm-hmm. that make
0: sense? Yeah, no, for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think we've all seen the projects where like someone famous has been like, okay, cool, I'm going to do the book. And then the book is like, Meh.
0: Yeah, they just slap their name on it.
1: Yeah, you could kind of tell. Remember when Kylie and Kendall wrote that like sci-fi novel? <laughs> oh, my God. And I it was like, like the, awesome. the prowess of blah, blah, blah. And they were like, what's the book about? And they hadn't even fucking read it. Like, <laughs> oh I mean, God. we're the opposite of that. Yeah, and every sentence 500 times.
0: I literally blocked that from my memory. And thank you for bringing that back.
1: I thought about it a lot when we were writing our book. I was like, listen, whether this fails miserably or is it will not sins, be that like we it's us. Like if you if people and Becca is always like that. She's like, if people hate it, at least we can stand by it and be like, we love it. You mm-hmm. know, which is yeah. great. It's a powerful position to be in. Be like, love it or hate it. Like we love it
0: someone said um we all know that jack and becca took a little more convincing to write the book at any point in the process did you have doubts and feel that maybe they were right and it was more than you could handle
1: wow that is such a good question wow okay so no i never thought it was more than what we could handle because i never ever that like emotion doesn't exist within my dna There were absolute times that I was overwhelmed and I was like, fuck this shit. Like, let's just not do this. But never did I think we couldn't put out a wonderful book that was universal and fabulous and that could become a bestseller. Like, I always have believed that. And I think a lot like quarantine, when we were talking about how some days you're like super productive and some days you just have to stare at the wall. That's really what writing this book was like with Jack and Becca is that- there would be days where Becca was like, this is so great. Like, I actually love this. And like, oh my God, Kelty, I'm reading your your essay on, you know, this thing. And I'm crying. Like, it's just so beautiful. Like, I wrote this essay on my husband. And we because we talk a lot about our worst breakups and our loves and whatever. And I talked about why, like, when I met Chris, like, I knew he was the person for me. And these are the things maybe you could look for, you know. And she was like, I'm reading your essay about Chris. God, I'm crying. It's so beautiful. So there were days where she was, like, super into it. And there were days when, you know, When she was like, fuck this shit. I hate this book. Why did you make me write this? And the same thing with Jack. There were days where, you know, Jack would get a copy back from the publisher and she'd be like, I hate the font. It's so ugly. Why are we doing this? Like, she's such a visual person. And she would see stuff that I wouldn't even notice. I'd be like, what are you talking about? She's like, look at the color of the red it is not our red and i was like oh my god like i would not that's like the last thing i would ever notice and she would just be like it's it's horrible she would just turn off for the day like then she's just done and then the next day she's like okay i fixed it we're good so it really is this like think of yourself in quarantine your emotional roller coaster and then you just have two other people on the roller coaster but they're in different cars than you so it's like When I'm on the up, they're on the down. When I'm on the down, they're on the up. And I think that's, you know, our success has been is that we drag each other out of the, when, when Becca wants to quit, I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not letting you quit. Come on, let's go. When I want to quit, they're like, there've been times where both Becca and Jack, I know have been sidelining a conversation being like, Kelsey's not going to make it. Like we have got to pull her out of this dark place. And then they call me and I'm like crying and I'm like, oh, we're a poor person. Like we just, we kind of pull each other out of the dark spot.
0: Yeah. No, and that's great. That's great that you have that, like, support system and that you're not just, because it's hard to, like, do everything on your own and, like, be the only person that's driving you. Like, I experienced that with pretty much everything that I do, sure. where, like, I have, like, my ups and downs and I have my moments where I'm, like, super motivated and then other ones yeah. where I'm, like, not, and then there's no one else to be, like,
1: can you come be on. The, yeah, can you be the hard worker today? Because I don't, I don't think I can do it today. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I think, like, that's something that's been hard, too to manage. So it's great that you have that balance or you're able to
1: be pulled out of that. I think sometimes, you know, the girls get a bad rap because we sort of like lean into these, care, like not characters, but yes, I am the most anal retentive and like a workhorse for sure. But like, don't sleep on Becca Tobin. Becca Tobin is not a lazy asshole. Like she likes to be like, oh my God, I want to just want to do it for money, whatever. I'm like, that is maybe 2% of her. She's a fucking hustler. Like she, I'll be working out in the morning and she'll text me and be like, Hey, I realize that we don't have a way for people that are deaf to listen to our podcast. Like this just happened last week. She'll be like, I just realized that like, if you're deaf, like you can enjoy the podcast. So I really think we need to look into a transcription service so that all of our podcasts are transcribed or if like captioned on like, is there a captioning service on iTunes or whatever? And I was like, it is 8.15 in the morning and I am working out and we're three weeks away from launching our book. Like to me at this moment, transcribing the podcast is the least important thing that we could possibly be talking about. But she always is, that's what I mean. She's like always pushing the envelope, trying to make the show and everything we're doing the most accessible, the most universal. Like, so don't sleep on Becca or Jack. I mean, they are really hard workers. We're just mm-hmm. different in the way that we like to say we work.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, like, everyone is like, I'm a different member of the lady gang, right? Yeah. Like, the person that you
1: resonate with. I'm definitely a Kelty. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. We wouldn't be talking if you weren't a Kelty. <laughs> exactly. And I like that. I like, you know, it's, it's really funny. I actually, I mean, I know it's very sex in the city of us to be like, are you a Becca? Are you a Kelty or a Jack? But how fun is that? Because I am constantly, uh, just a few weeks ago on the podcast, I was reading this book about being a highly sensitive person where it's like, I just get, I love people and I'm so interested, but then I just get burnt out, right? And so many people wrote me and they're like, I have felt this way my whole life. I feel so seen. I read the book. Oh my God. And it's like, isn't it nice to know you're not alone in your neuroses, I guess? Yeah. You know, like, I think, I think that's a really cool thing. Like, I do not understand Jack Vanek. Like, there's no part of me that wants to go out and be on a patio for 12 hours a day and, like, go on a road trip every weekend and, like, see that many people. Like, I, I can't even process what that's like. But I know there's people like that. And so how wonderful that you have Jack. When the Kelties can be like, I just want to sit at home and like look at my pen collection, and like that's great too. And we're, I've always felt like such a loser, and to see all these other women be like, I'm a Keltie. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not alone.
0: I love stickers. I'm forty. <laughs> like, oh my god, don't get me started. Like, but another thing is, a lot of those questions came from the Facebook group, which I've I've been spending a lot of time in in, in the Facebook group, like just reading other people, commiserating with them, and just like seeing their experiences and their stories. are Have you been doing the same thing?
1: Yeah, I I think our Facebook group is something that is so special. It was Jack's idea originally, and I was like, yeah, yeah, girl, make a Facebook group. I don't care, I'm going on my Facebook in like 100 years. It's so special, the mix of, you know, my dad died, I'm getting divorced, I got broken up with, to look at what my kid did today, is this fungus, like, it's just like this bizarro mix of stories. Yeah. I think it's the best, you know, I, like we said before, we live in like this echo chamber. It's my favorite echo chamber. And I think that, You know, our moderators, we have 11 moderators around the world. So we have like moderators in Australia, moderators in, you know, the UK. We have have moderators all over. So there's always someone sort of like watching the, the group and it's a really hard job. Like, there's so many tears in the moderator chat. It's like, this person yelled at me this, but, but I think we do an incredible job of getting rid of the bullshit on the MLMs, the, like, self-serving, like, follow oh, me yeah. do my... And so we are able to curate a really enjoyable thing for everyone, you know? Yeah. I think people get mad sometimes. They're like, why'd you take this down? Why'd you... But overall, like, it is one of the places on the internet that doesn't terrify me right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Like it's, it's kind of like a little oasis in itself and you have like this really diverse group of people, but somehow we're all just so nice to each other.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's so interesting, especially because we're doing like we're doing now, like we're doing press for the book and, and, you know, I always think, oh, well the press will be the most interested in my fart stories or, you know, whatever the like most outlandish ridiculous thing is and what i found is that the big press in america that is covering the book they're the most impressed by this community they're like what do you mean a girl drove to a different state to pick up a girl's wedding dress and then bring it to her what do you mean you someone you know lost their job and you all bought stuff off their you know, Amazon for their classroom. What do you mean you, this girl couldn't have her baby shower? So you like sent her stuff. You, what do you mean? You, you, like, it's, it's kind of cool. And it's really not us, you know, it's like an extension of us. So it's just so special.
0: The last question I have is actually a question for me.
1: Oh, good. And that is what
0: advice do you have for a 22 year old?
1: For a 22 year old Kelty, because I know you're a Kelty. If I could tell you something, it's to go live. I mean, okay, you can't now, but pretend like quarantine's over. When I was 22, when you're a Kelty, you're so hellbent on success. You're like, okay, I need to be successful in all these things I'm doing, and I will work noon and night and morning to show everyone that I'm successful, to prove to everyone that I'm worth it, that I can do it, and... Those things are all amazing, but the truth is when you are you, you're going to be successful no matter what. It's in your DNA, it's who you are. There is no way in on earth that you fail because you don't have that. You have the resilience that it takes to to be successful in whatever you do. With that, Yay, your future is so bright. All of your dreams are going to come true. You're going to be 40 and you're going to be like me being like, okay, I have to make a new dream because I made all my dreams come true like so early in my life. Like, so just know that that's your future. And in your 20s, what I would give you the advice is to like actually go live your life. Go have get your guy in New York and fly to London and coach on a last minute trip and like go backpack around this place and take the two weeks off from the job that you would normally stay home to work, to go explore, go, you know, do an exchange and get a job in Japan for a year and go, go do all of those things because I really regret being so workaholic my whole life, you know, and it's very uncomfortable for people like us to take that time to just be selfish enough to be like, oh, I'm going to do a road trip. I'm going to go see nature. I'm going to go take this experience, even though it's not part of my master plan for the future of step 10 of how I get to success land. But you know, there's a lot of regret. I think I have a lot of regret that I didn't go and really live. I was always just trying to prove. So that's my advice is to like, once quarantine is over, you will be successful. Everyone will know your name. It's all going to happen, but it really is. It's quite meaningless if you don't have like a life too.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like I just got a tarot reading or something.
1: Yeah, good, (laughs) good. No, you gotta, you gotta get out there. You know, it's like, I just think about I remember specifically one time, it was very early when I was working at CBS. I think it was like my first two years. And I was digital and I was really trying to get them to put me on the TV show. And I... Since I was like a part-time digital worker, I had this opportunity, I was still a little bit of a dancer, I had this opportunity to go over to Italy and teach dance for three weeks at this like summer school and so I pre-shot all my videos for CBS and I ended up going and I was like, mom, do you want to come with me? You've never been. We'll take a week and we'll go to Greece. Like, we'll just like backpack around and I thought I was like so cool, but I, I was working too. And i remember being in santorini which is like one of the most beautiful fucking places on earth you're like on this cliff it is so freaking stunning and it was like at, i'd already done the teaching and this was like the four days we were taking for like fun right and i got a call or an email from cbs and they were like hey can you interview snooki tomorrow or no can you interview snooki next week and for the TV show. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, no. Like I'm in fucking Greece. Like I can't do it. Oh my God. And I turned to my mom and I was like, we should have never taken this trip. I should have been back. Like, why did I think this is such a bad idea? Why am I here? I'm missing my opportunity. They're never gonna ask me again. It was a fucking interview with Snooki. Come on, like chill the hell out, Kelty. And I remember that look of sadness in my mom's eyes because we were in Santorini, Greece. Like. From Canada, like this small town in Canada, like together, we could have been drinking wine, we could have been having the most incredible trip of our lives, and instead I was like sulking in the corner of a snooky interview. Like, I will never forgive myself for that. So just don't be that person. Yeah. I can see it's resonating.
0: So ooh, it does, no, it definitely is. It definitely is. I have that tendency to be so focused on that. And so it's hard. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for yay.
1: I'm so glad we did this. Thank you so much. Me too. It was so great to chat with you and to reconnect
0: with you after a year.
1: Oh my God. A year. We're looking good, girl.
0: Yeah. You'll have to come back
1: next year. We'll see where you're at. When I'm a New York Times bestseller. Thank you. I hope so. so. Oh my God, please. Awesome. Thanks so much.